The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Feeling better? Looking better. Making life better. It's Life Tips. Life We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Byron White here with Claudia Cunningham. Welcome, Claudia. Hi. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to have you on the show. You're the author of Biting Back, a no-nonsense, no-garlic guide to facing the personal vampires in your life. Fantastic tie-in to mythology here. Claudia, tell, tell us just a little bit about the book and, and, and the name and the tie-in to vampires. How exciting. Okay. Uh, it's a book about um, our relationships with people and beliefs and institutions uh, that are draining to us. And what I learned uh, in reading, um, actually it was Stephen King's Salem's Lot, I, I read in that book many, many years ago that um, a vampire needs an invitation to cross the threshold into your life. He can't just come, you know, you know, you have that image of them with on the balcony, you know, with the wind blowing and then they slowly <laughs> move toward the bed. And actually they have to have an invitation to come in. And uh, in terms of how that applies to our real-life vampires, I think it's extremely important to to try and figure out where it is in our lives that we invited people and things into our lives that were um, draining to us, and to to find out where that is, to take responsibility for it, and uh, decide whether or not we want to revoke that invitation. Hmm. It sounds complicated, uh, you know, in in bringing in this 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 uh, sort of vampire, uh, you know, mythological uh, sort of angle here. Why did you choose to do that? You know, what 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 is it about vampires that that is interesting to you as it relates to the relationships we have with with people and 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 and, and uh, communities? I guess. Um, I guess, I guess it's. Um, it has to do with my own um, experience with the 12 steps. I became a member of a 12-step group um, about 17 or 18 years ago, I guess it was. And um, I had been a big reader of Stephen King and very interested in that particular uh, principle about vampire uh, mythology, about the invitation principle. And when I got to the 12-step group, they told me that in order to um, be happy uh, and sane for the rest of my life, I was probably going to have to stop seeing the problems that came into my life as, um, you know, seeing myself as a victim, but rather looking for how I had brought them into my life. And I thought, gee, that sure sounds familiar. That sounds like the idea of the vampire. And as I went on to uh, look into vampire mythology some more, I saw a lot of other um, um, correlations between 
between the uh, spiritual uh, steps for getting well and um, our relationship with um, vampires. Now, there is a spiritual connection here, um, you know, almost spiritual principles of both the vampire and and spiritual principles of, of overcoming your fears and taking control of your life. Can you explain that tie-in, uh, the, the sort of the spiritual tie-in for, for taking control of your life, taking responsibility of, 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 of your life? I think, you know, the bottom line is this. It's impossible to tell anybody else um, what it is that we want or don't want if we haven't found clarity about that for ourselves. In order to do that, we have to sit still and be willing to take an honest look at who we are and what we really want and um, and what it is that's valuable to us. You know, because sometimes, usually we have to give up some things. For instance, if the vampire in your life was a relationship uh, with a partner or spouse, that was um, unsatisfactory, uh, you would sit quietly and figure out what it was that was keeping you in such a relationship and whether or not that was worth, um, you know, you might be there because you were you had financial insecurities or whatever whatever it is. But you have to get down to the truth about yourself instead of looking the other way. And so it has to do with acceptance, and it has to do with light. And I think those that whole idea of looking at ourselves, self-reflection, um, and asking for help are all very spiritual principles. I think we are we are but here to um, to help each other. Um, we're made to, uh, in fact, we're designed sort of to to help each other, um, not to try to work our problems out alone. Now, before we slay these personal vampires, um, can we talk a little bit and sort of define the vampire? Um, you know, who is this vampire? What do they want? What do they need? And why are they evil? <laughs> why are they hurting us? What damage are they causing to us? Could you sort of explain that to, to everybody? Well, they can be anything from controlling spouses or, you know, partners who are very critical. It might be uh, nosy or prying, advice-giving relatives who never, ever stop coming in and telling you the right way to, you know, raise your children. Um, it could be a backbiting coworker, somebody who is um, sort of working behind the scenes to make you look bad and make themselves look better. It might be something very serious like addictions to drugs or credit cards or to dieting or starvation. People have those kinds of addictions, and a lot of them are very hidden. Um, um, and they, the vampire can even appear as, a, you know, our inner critic, the one who's, who's always telling us we're not smart enough, thin enough, rich enough, good-looking enough, whatever it is enough to actually be happy in our lives yet and be worthy of living the lives that, that we'd like to live. Um, and uh, you really diagnose whether or not somebody's a vampire, not so much by the way that they behave, but rather you look at your own wounds and you say, "How, how many? You know, how often am I hurt by this? How you know? Am I frightened? Am I 
uh, unhappy? Um, am I isolated? Um, those are all ways to check your wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so diagnosing the presence of a vampire, we don't necessarily watch them so much, although they do have um, um, uh, uh, certain characteristics. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the bottom line comes to how, how you feel. That's why mm-hmm. you have to look inside. We'll is the problem about. one of interpretation of these things outside of your own existence, or or is it uh, the extreme nature of, of these people themselves? It could be both. Um, it could be that, um, because when you look inside, what you often find is that, um, particularly where the invitation is concerned, you say, gee, you know, let's say, for instance, um, I uh, am in a a relationship with a partner who's very critical of me, uh, of my weight or of my skills um, uh, in having a job or making money or whatever it is. Um, I might find, as I I take a, a look at myself, honestly, that uh, early on in the relationship, I sort of gave that person that information about myself, you know, and in trying to get compliments, I would say things like, oh, you know, I, I, if I just lose 10 pounds, I'd look great, or, you know, I promise I'll lose 10 pounds, or, oh, I'm just not that smart, and I really need, an, yeah, you know, an education, or whatever it was. And at some point, um, a person is going to use that against me, usually, because I've done something to hurt them. So I'd say that they're not objective, necessarily, although there are evil people in the world. Um, I think really what it has to do is with is relationship, the relationship that we have with them, um, and about how we view ourselves and, you know, how a vampire will reflect that to us. You know, if, if, if we're asking them to mistreat us by our actions or words, um, um, somebody who has their own problems and illnesses and, and shortcomings is going to take advantage of that. Now, according to the lore, a vampire cannot enter your, your home without an invitation. Um, can you explain how you take that concept uh, uh, you know, and, 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 and run with it with regards to the, the overall strategy of, of the book, namely how to, how to slay, the, slay the vampires? So define an, how are you inviting a vampire into your life? By letting things bother you? Is that the invitation? No, the invitation, I'll tell you, we invite all kinds of things into our lives every day. And this is the trick with vampires, is that, like everything else, if you're an open-minded person who wants to have a fulfilling life, you're going to be interested in all kinds of things. You're going to invite all kinds of things into your life to see how they work. Somebody offers you a credit card, and you say, gee, that sounds great, and you invite it into your life. And once you become acquainted with it, you discover that it didn't work for you. And you might discover, as you start to do some self-reflection, that you didn't actually read the contract very carefully or something like that. You'll find something in your own behavior so that you don't do it again. I mean, it's important to know where, where the... Um, 
uh, mistake took place or where the misunderstanding took place. Um, and that's without blame, by the way. That's simply understanding that as open-minded people who want rich lives, we invite everything in, but you don't always know, or many things in, um, but you don't always know what it is until you become acquainted with it. And so the trick is to know what to do to figure out when you invited it in and uh, to take responsibility for, you know, what what motivated you, perhaps, um, uh, in case it's a motivation you don't want to fall for again. And um, um, so, so um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's no blame. There's no, uh, it's, it's really just, it's really just saying the fact of the matter is that I invite all kinds of things in and I need to be able to recognize when something isn't working for me anymore, hmm. something I've invited in. And a lot okay. of us have no idea how to say no, how to get it out the door again. You know, it turns out to be a neighbor who's coming over over and over again, borrowing things and talking your ear off and all that stuff. We don't know how to say, I'm sorry, um, but um, I think I've been misrepresenting myself here in 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 allowing you to come over all the time, and, and we need to talk about this. Um, I really wouldn't, I would really rather that you not stop, stop over anytime you feel like it and that we have some kind of agreement before you come over, or something like that. You decide what it is the relationship is that you want, and then you sort of revoke your invitation by changing what the invitation is. We, we, I think we, we all know that a vampire can't see its own reflection. Let's take a little station break, and we'll come back with Claudia and ask her a little bit about invisibility and, and how this plays into slaying the vampire. Back in just a second, everyone. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. Two, one, booster ignition. Ascend into new heights of ranking and revenue with a search engine-friendly online shopping cart that's ready for liftoff. Introducing Ascender Cart. Ascender Cart optimizes your shopping cart with easy-to-use SEO tools that will help build keywords, titles, and tags for top search engine rankings. Get all of the advantages of having a shopping cart on your site and monitor your progress with regular reports in just a click. Prepare to launch your shopping cart to the top of the search engines with Ascender Cart. Learn more about what Ascender Cart can do for you at AscenderCart.com. A-S-C-E-N-D-E-R-C-A-R-T dot com. Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contracts required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. Are you ready to get LinkedIn? We're rocking the world with LinkedIn, one show at a time. 
Join your fearless leaders, Mike and Lori, as they reveal insider secrets, chat with other LinkedIn gurus, and answer your LinkedIn questions. For those about to get LinkedIn, we salute you. This is your chance to get inspired and use LinkedIn to help you rock the world too. Rock the world with LinkedIn. Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back, Claudia. Thanks for being on the show today. Hi. Just wanted to ask you about this concept of the vampire's inability to see their own reflection. Now, this is really interesting to me because sometimes we find ourselves mystified that people can't see how they're treating other people poorly or how their obsession with something is is dominating their life. Could you talk with us a little bit about this problem of, 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 of an inability to see your own reflection and how that, in the end of the day, might be some of the source of the problem here? Oh, definitely. It's, it's, one of, it's really a characteristic. When you're looking at the vampire, and there is a part of the book where, I, in fact, I think in the beginning, I actually start out with the way the vampire looks and sounds. Um, um, and then we get to, you know, uh, looking at your wounds after that. But um, it, it, many of us have had the experience of, you know, having a vampire in our lives, a, a friend or whoever it is, uh, or partner who, who is very critical, and we've said to them, well, what about you? Look at what you're doing. And there's no way. They can understand that. There's no way they're ever willing to say, well, yes, I see that uh, that's my, my part in this problem here, and let's solve it. A vampire in a million years will never do that because they cannot see their own reflection. And, um, um, of course, there are other cues, but, um, I mean, they tend to lie to us. They tend to isolate us. Um, a vampire will not take a hint. You cannot say to a vampire, the difference between um, uh, a vampire and a non-vampire, for instance, it's, it's um, a Tuesday night, you've had some friends over for dinner, it's getting to be 10 o'clock, 10.30, and you have to work in the morning, and you start, and they still haven't left. Everybody's left but this one person, because the rest of the people aren't vampires. They know when to leave, and they can take hints. But when you say to this guy, whoa, you know, you're yawning, stretching, saying, it's really time, oh, boy, i got to get up early, look at the time, they won't leave <laughs> because they won't take the hint. You, for, for a vampire, you have to say, I need for you to leave now. It's time for you to leave. Um, the language has to be very specific, and that's true in mythology, and it's true in real life. In mm. mythology, a vampire won't leave. Um, you can't just say, you know, God, I'm really losing a lot of blood here, pal. You know, they're not, they don't care. <laughs> you have to say, you have to say, I revoke my invitation, get out. 
you know, in so many words. In real life, you know, you adjust that language, and I go into, I have some sort of charts that sort of help with with, with uh, finding the language for that. Um, that is a the, powerful the, metaphor in this, this finding this inner strength to end a relationship, um, you know, or to just, you know, call a spade a spade and, and, and move on. Talk with us a little bit about weapons to use to fight the vampires. And, and I might add, is, is, is abandonment, you know, one of the weapons and just saying goodbye, I'm not going to deal with you anymore. You're, you're, you're draining my, my core existence in life and I, I can't, you know, is abandonment perhaps the best way to slay the van- vampire? No, that's an interesting question, um, because it's certainly an option. We can certainly walk away from something that doesn't work for us. Um, for instance, um, um, as a recovering alcoholic, I can tell you that um, I had to stop drinking before I could begin to get well, mm-hmm. and I could have just stayed away from alcohol, mm-hmm. but that wouldn't have solved anything any of the problems at the root of the alcoholism, I never would have, you know, my quality of life might not have changed because um, I would need to look at myself so that I wouldn't fall into the same trap again. So, yes, I might very well stay away from alcohol the same way I would an allergy to strawberries or something. You know, you just stay away from them um, or abandoning somebody who isn't good for me, that's a great start, but it doesn't help with looking inside yourself to prevent it from happening again. And this is what happens so often to so many people is that they find themselves, they go, yeah, okay, I broke up with that horrible person, and now I'm in a new relationship, and this guy is so different, and, uh, you know, he works, and, you know, he appears to be different in all these other ways, and pretty soon you're doing the same thing that I was describing before. You're giving them information about yourself that is putting you down, and pretty sooner or later that person might use that information against you. So, yes, while getting away from the vampire is essential, there's more to to uh, having a healthy life than just removing the thing that hurts you. It's also knowing yourself so that you don't invite it in again. Hmm. What are the weapons? Could you go over some of the weapons uh, that that uh, that we can use to fight fight the vampires? Yeah, the first, of course, is is what I've been talking about, which is clarity and looking at yourself. Um, that's that's comes first. Um, if you um, so you're looking for light. You're, 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 you, you know, because most of us live in denial. In fact, in, in vampire mythology, you'll see the same thing happen over and over again. It's hilarious. People in the story will be, vampires will come to the town or whatever into their lives, and, and the people will say, uh, no, it can't be a vampire. That's not a vampire. It's gotta, there's gotta be another explanation for what's going on here. Mm-hmm. You know, like in Salem's Lot, in, in King's Salem's Lot, everybody's going, no, you know, this is ridiculous. It's got to be something else. So for a long time, we're in denial, and we do that in relationships, too, that aren't good for us. We say, well, this, this person isn't really a vampire to me. They're just, uh, they had a bad childhood, 
or they, you know, we give excuses. We we use all kinds of things to stay in denial, and this and that's that's the darkness. That's where we're pushing things into the dark, where we can't see them, although they tend to pop out, as we know. Uh, and because they're coming from the dark, it it feels like an ambush all the time. It can be very frightening and uh, confusing to be hurt again by the vampire, again and again, till finally we say, look, I'm going to bring this into the light. I'm going to take a close look and a real, a realistic look at what this is. So that's the first weapon, is being willing to um, see the truth, have a desire to see the truth, and then get the tools. You know, somebody has to tell you how to look for the truth, and that's what I do in the book. I say, here's a procedure you can use. If no one ever taught you how to do a good self-reflection, which nobody ever taught me um, until I got into a 12-step group, then I learned a great <laughs> some great tools. But um, until I got into terrible trouble, um, nobody ever said to me, hey, if you ever want to take a look at you know, what you're doing, here's how you do it. And mm-hmm. so in the book I suggest, you know, Getting quiet and asking yourself the que- you know the question, and for most people the question is, what do I want, and what am I willing to do to get it, or to lose to get it? Mm-hmm. Does sacrifice play a big role in 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 the fight? I think it feels like sacrifice very often. You know, it's it's getting over fear. You know, uh, sometimes, you know, we, we fear, you know, it's, it's, the, <laughs> it's the vampire we don't know, or it's the devil we don't know, the, the part, you know, what, what our future would be without the vampire that frightens us more than the vampire. And, of course, that's, that's really true in situations, you know, where people have crummy jobs. They say, well, but what am I going to do if I don't keep this job? You know, instead of and 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 not under not understanding that they can actually take steps to fix the job they're in, and knowing that if if those steps don't work, that they're going to continue to be unhappy, and then they have to say, well, if I'm going to be this unhappy and I've done all I can to make the job better, the question is, am I willing to take the risk to go look for something else? so that I'm not unhappy for the rest of my life, because this will not change unless I change it. The book is called Biting Back. The author, Claudia Cunningham, it's been great having you on the show today. Thanks so much for this insight. Thank you so much. We really have sunk our teeth into this (laughs) topic. (laughs) I just could not get by the whole show without saying that it was killing me (laughs) but it's fun it's a great self-help book and the insights are really wonderful i just want to thank you for for sharing uh some of your story i also want to uh, uh seemingly congratulate you for uh uh your 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 battle with with cancer um uh, breast cancer uh that was discovered right at the time that you uh, began writing this book. That must have really been remarkable uh, after you literally signed the contract to, to write this book. Tell us just a, a bit of that and, and that experience and, and what therefore went into this book. I can only imagine that tie-in. <clears throat> well, 
it gets down to desire. You know, um, I must have wanted to do this very, very badly <laughs> because um, um, breast cancer is, is tiring and um, rather the treatment is tiring. And, um, and so I would try to find, um, um, you know, times that were best for me. You know, I sort of got the pattern of when I would be feeling good, and I would try to write during those times. And I cannot um, um, say enough um, about the people who helped me. And really my book is about reaching out and getting help and not isolating and trying to solve everything yourself. And, of course, um, I had friends who were available to help with anything I wanted help with, and, um, and you know, the trick is to say, yes, I'll take that help. I will receive it, and thank you mm. um, for it. Um, it. You know, we can let pride get in the way a lot, and uh, but fortunately, um, I was beaten into a state of <laughs> reasonableness. Uh, I was beaten into a, you know, I was, I was so sick that I had to, say yes to the people who were offering me help, and I did take a lot of help. Mm. Um, so, yeah, um, it tempted me to write about cancer, too, um, and, I may, and I may do that. I have some ideas about a, maybe a pamphlet just to tell people uh, things, great things that they can say and do to help people with cancer and things they absolutely should not say, no matter how great they think <laughs> their ideas are. Um, I've heard some incredibly bad things, some incredibly unhelp- unhelpful things from people, and uh, I just thought it would be fun to write a sort of a lighthearted book or pamphlet about, you know, here, here's what you say to somebody who has cancer, and here's what you don't say. Um, so well, that's that, a great, a a great answer. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this uh, wonderfully... Uh, attractive and beautiful picture of you you're an incredibly uh, beautiful woman um <laughs> i loved the bio uh reading about what you described as your incredibly handsome husband robert <laughs> and your trapeze swinging 13 year old uh, madeline jane just everything that i continue to read and uh, about you is really interesting and we'll look forward to learning more about your next book please come back on the show uh, when when you're ready for the next new new take on on making life better, this is the perfect venue for you here at Life Tips. What? How would you like people to get a hold of you, and and who would you like to get a hold of you, Claudia? Anybody who is interested in the book, anybody who has a problem that they would like to solve, um, a vampire they'd like to, you know, there's if there's something in the book they don't understand or anything I can help them with, I have an email address. It is Practical Slayer, the words Practical Slayer, one word, all lowercase, at yahoo.com. And then I have a website. It's under reconstruction right now, but it can, you can still get information off the old one. It's www.practicalvampireslayer.com. Um, those are two great ways to get a hold of me, and then if you want to learn about me, you can just Google my name, Claudia Cunningham. I'm on Facebook, too, Claudia Nowicki Cunningham, if you want to friend me. Um, I'm glad to do that. And um, and then, of course, my publisher, Llewellyn, 
at www.llewellyn.com. Um, there's information there and, and uh, links there. But I'm planning a much more extensive website where people, even vampire slayers, you know, can people can get together and tell their stories and share solutions. I'd like to eventually have a chat room in there and um, and definitely hear other people's stories and have people, you know, applying these principles and seeing how it worked. Well, we've really enjoyed having you on the show and, 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 and reminding us your important message, which is namely to stop inviting trouble into our homes and our lives and our souls. So really great uh, to have you on the show today. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, Byron, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. It happens right all the there. time. Really appreciate <laughs> it once again. Thanks again for listening every in, everyone. Until next week, I hope your life is a little smarter, better, faster, and wiser. And uh, we'll look forward to tuning in with you next week. Thanks, everyone. Mm-hmm.